Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. Special edition show today. Demetrius Johnson's in the house. Mighty Mouse, how are you, buddy? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for being on. Um, I brought in two of my cohorts here, Delco Dan and Papa Giorgio. They're our MMA aficionados on the show here. Uh, also, two of your biggest fans of all time. And they ran around like schoolgirls. I know we had some problems with Zoom earlier. That's on us. And that's what happens when you have giggling girls running mm-hmm. around computers. Mm-hmm. So I apologize on behalf of them. I'm really, really excited. And I'm so excited because we're not going to talk MMA at all. I'm going to hold you here hostage <laughs> right. for an hour. And we're going to talk about we his top talk, five animes. Okay. And we want to talk just, no fighting whatsoever. I, I'm sure he's going to love it. Yeah. Uh, ask him your first question. Because before you came on, Demetrius, uh, he was like, I want to ask him about the top five anime. Is that real? Oh, uh, duh. And that's already been a list. And that's already been happened. What I do want to ask him is how he feels about uh, Dragon Ball Super Timeline, canning things, uncanning things, how he feels about like the Broly saga specifically. Yeah, I, I love it. You know, I think when it comes back down to the Dragon Ball, the first appearance we've ever had of, of Broly was the movie, right? The super, the super right. legendary saying. Uh, so, and then you have the Brawly, you know, Super Brawly movie. So you have two different versions of Brawly where the first one's just absolutely chaotic, doesn't really care. Now you have one that's not very intelligent, but he's becoming intelligent. And now he's with, you know, Vegeta, Goku, and Beerus, and Whis training on the, the, the planet. I'm a big fan of it, man. I think Brawly's an unutilized character in this series. And to have him canon going forward... You know, obviously they have the manga going already. They just fought, you know, two other guys, Merle, and then I forget the other guy's name. Um, it's like Cabbage or something like that. So we'll see what they do down down the line. I think they just got they're doing the Black Frieza saga. Yeah, and then we'll see after that saga. But I'm excited for it, man. Now I'm gonna ask Ross if he understands a yeah. single word of what Ross, just happened. I sure don't. You we have, chime in we or? have the <laughs> one flyweight champion on the show, and we're we're talking about anime. And, and and fun little things like that. And then real quick, uh, how do you feel about Attack on Titan season four taking mm-hmm. so long to finally oh. come out? Like this has been, I'm, this is like watching uh, Cookie Monster fight again almost. It's just, it's just <laughs> taking. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I finished the manga. Uh, I, I met the, the creator of Attack on Titan. Absolutely beautiful story. I feel like the first one, two, and three seasons were the best one. And I felt it totally took a different spin. It kind of went more of like, you know, you know, you have Aaron fighting everybody and he completely knows flip of the character, like a, a complete change coming out of completely nowhere. change where at one point it was them versus us. Now it's him versus everyone. And he has to do this on his own. He can't tell everybody what he has to do. Otherwise it won't happen. So I feel, you know, I know the end of the story already and I've heard rumors that they're going to change the, uh, the anime from the manga they're gonna game of thrones it i don't know season eight it (laughs) i I was very let down from the ending like i was very sad away the the story took its direction um i mean after season three where they're fighting you know brutalhold and uh the armor titan and Mm -hmm. the 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 thing and then you know you have it was just sick. And then it turns to this shit show. And I'm yeah, like, it's like a flash cool? forward. It's all kind of like a political commentary almost yes, on like yes. post-Germanic ideas. Yeah. Yes. It was more of a political agenda instead of like at the beginning of it, it was like, we don't know who the hell the Titans are, where they come from. 
but it's us versus them and i and i love that it was almost like the village it's like oh y'all have just been kept in like a time without technology and it's actually totally different (laughs) yeah that's the thing but i love it it's it's one of my favorite um anime as well you fucking nerd dude you (laughs) fucking nerd it's unbelievable you have the best people here on earth because that like that's what we call them on the show all the time these fucking nerd we have a separate group called drinking bros nerds which is actually our like our biggest subgroup here on the show so they're gonna geek out over this uh however you're in you're in one right now Hey, and your, that's, pu- your that's not important. was like, hey, let's talk about the fight. Not a prayer. You guys want to talk about this, and I, I love it. I, I, I want to talk about the fight. Yeah. I want to talk the biggest fight, the biggest fight ever, the Kenny Ortega Street Fighter matchup. Is that really going to happen? Or Kenny it's Omega, going sorry. down. It, it, it is going down. Uh, me and Kenny have been in contact. We got a, a studio that's going to host it, and we're doing it for charity. So we're super excited. Uh, more details are coming down for that, but I'm super grateful for my producer, Michael Wanzover, for pushing this kind of agenda. And I, I mean, literally, when we're waiting here for the Zoom feed to get done, I'll sit here watching guy loop combos, trying to get my loop combos on point. So yeah, that's going down. I'm super excited. And I think the fans are in for a treat. So Ross, let me just break down what's happening sure. for you right now. We have... Uh... One of the goats of all time in MMA. We sure do. We have professional wrestling. Yep. And we're meeting in the video game realm of Street Fighter. And, and that <laughs> I'm I'm here for. Like I, I I love all of that. And I'm old school like WWF, not E. Before the E came, it was WWF mm. for me. So like all those old games, like that Street Fighter. Uh, I used to be I used to be Blackheart back in the day mm-hmm. on all those mm-hmm. games. Like mm. that, I'm here for. When you go to Japanese anime, yeah. That's where you lose me completely, okay. and I'm checked out. Mm. Um, We're checking you back in. We, we can bring you back yeah. in. I'll, Super we, Nintendo. We can, you, we can bring you back. I'll yeah. tag back in. I'll tag back yeah. in on this one. Yeah, yeah, man. You got to start watching. You know, if you're new to anime, Japanese anime, start watching Jujutsu Kaisen. Like, watch that, and that shit's straight fire. It's like amazing. Yeah, like, show the your only kids. thing that's the, the only thing that's shitty about anime is you get a 23 minute episode. It's like I will pay. I will pay. $500 to get the whole entire season at me immediately instead of waiting week by week. That's how much I enjoy watching anime. But I just get pissed off. It's only 23 minutes every every Thursday. It's like I'm fucking 37 years old. I want it all now. So. It's 23 yeah. minutes and every episode is a cliffhanger. And then yeah, there's like exactly. whole power up episodes where no fighting happens. You're like, please, I'm foaming at the mouth for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Crunchyroll or uh, Mappa, if you're listening to this, Send me uh send me the bill and I'll pay five hundred bucks for the whole season immediately. Look at that. Crunchyroll, get my name sponsorship. Is five hundred enough? That anime, that's time consuming. It takes a while. Uh, and then the storytelling of it is is an art form on its I'm making this up. I have no idea, Demetrius. As a like, writer, no you don't idea. really respect the art form of uh, the storyline of animes. Of animes, not really. You know, <laughs> no, like it's look, you're talking to a New York Times bestseller, brother. Uh, no, I like I can't get into it. However, uh, I can speak to getting into a, a TV season uh, so much that you want it all at once. It's rare that this mm. still goes down where you're checking back in on a weekly basis here. That's how they keep you on the tit. That's how, that's how Crunchyroll has my credit card on subscription, as well as Funimation until they finally merged into one giant anime conglomerate that now has my credit card for life. And that's what happens with kids, mm-hmm. and that's why you rope them in at a young age. Do you have kids, Demetrius? I have three, uh, 10, 8, and 5. And how many times are they using dad's credit card 
to ring up little gifts and trinkets from from anime and video games. You know what? Only my middle son's into anime. He loves Attack on Titan. He loves the Beast Titan, uh, Beast Titan versus Levi fight. But as for my oldest, he's all into fishing and, and aviation. And then my daughter, she is in the Super Kitty. So other than that, you know, they're not really into anime. I think they would like Jujutsu Kaisen, but I won't let them watch it unless they read subtitles because they're not watching, you know, Japanese anime with fucking, you know, voiceovers by Americans. Yeah, I get it. Uh, are your kids in any form of fighting? So my kids are both in jujitsu right now. Uh, did the did the kids take after the dad? Did they want to do any of this stuff or no? Yeah, all three do jujitsu. Uh, Tyron, Maverick, and Tennant, they all do, do jujitsu. Tyron, my oldest, is the competitor. He loves the competing. Maverick, he just he's just here for a good time. And the ten, she ain't got a choice. She's five. Well, speaking of jujitsu, I want to say congratulations on the IBJJF Brown Belt Masters mm -hmm. World Title you just you just had. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. It was fun. Uh, so, and like, it was really interesting, like, listening to you talk about that and you talking about jujitsu being the thing that interests you now, the thing that, like, after fighting for so long, like, that's, that's where your heart is kind of going. And there's been talk about this super fight with Mikey Musumichi. You know, both of you over in one. Can you talk about any more? Is that going to happen? Like, give us a little, little tease. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 1000%. Dude, I'm so transparent. I don't fucking hold anything back. Yeah. So, right now, jujitsu is just kind of like my love for the sport. Uh, not really nogi. I'm not really big into nogi because nogi is, there's not a lot of, the game is not as complex as the gi. So when I first jumped into the gi, it kind of took away my athletic ability. What I mean by that is that people can grab, you know, my pants, they can grab my lapel, they can grab my sleeves. And I have to address that situation. I have to address that problem. In nogi, you really don't have that. And one of the things I love about gi jiu-jitsu is that it's a, a complex game where if I if I take you down, I get two points. And then if I take you down, I land in your guard. Then if I pass your guard, I get three points. So I'm up five to zero. But let's say I take you down and I pass your guard immediately. That's only two points because there was no guard to, uh, you know, pass to begin with. So there's right. more of a game of chessmen to where at no gi, I, I'm not really versed with it. Now, would the match happen between me and Mike Misumichi? Probably not. Uh, just because, you know, when I go to compete, I'm not going to compete for what I believe I am worth. So if, you know, I told everybody right now, I was like, if me and Mike and Misumichi were to enter a competition together at the same time and we're in, our, we're in the same bracket, then it would probably happen. But considering the fact that I'm 37 years old, I'm a brown belt and he is, I don't know, probably like 24, 25. And if you sit at a black belt and he's won IBJJF like I think five times, we're in totally different bracket and we're in totally different weight classes. I compete at 154. I think he probably competes at 141. So the likely chance of it happening, unless the money's right, it probably won't happen. But that's just, you know. Well, speaking on that weight class right there, how does it feel to finally not cut weight again? I heard you talk a little bit about that in that documentary that you put out, you know, or little micro doc on YouTube. Uh, yeah, what's it like, like competing at whatever you walk around at, being able to eat whatever you want? Does that make the grappling more fun? Does that yeah, make you were yeah. eating. He was eating right before we came on air. Like you were stuffing yeah. your face, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. Like so, after the Adriano fight, I was like, I'm, I want to put weight on, right? Like I, I've been cutting weight since I've been in middle school, wrestling at 119 pounds. And then fighting at 125 and then fighting in one championship 135. I'm still cutting weight to make that 135, but I'm still hydrated. So for me, I'm like, okay, am I going to go 141 in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or am I going to go up a weight class to 154? So I told myself the difference in between Jiu-Jitsu and MMA is you don't get the opportunity to weigh in, rehydrate for 24 hours, and then go fight. 
it's you weigh in, you go directly to the loading pin and you go and compete. So I said, I'm going to put weight on. I'm going to start up my calorie. So I'm trying to get 150 grams of protein every day. I try to get, you know, at least a cup and a half of carbo, a cup, of ha- a cup and a half of rice or whatever type of form of carbohydrates. And I try to make sure my fat intake is through the roof as well. And then I'm lifting. So for me, it's a fun journey. You know, I woke up at 150 today. I still got my abs. I'm eating super clean. And it's it's something that I it's a challenge for a lot of people because most of the time people are like, ah oh, man, I don't want to put the weight on. I'd rather go down and be be, you know, the bigger dude in the division. But for me, I'm like, dog, if you know, I, I'm weighing one fifty four. If you beat me because you're bigger, congrats. But I'm not I'm done kind of weight. It's it's I'm done. I'm over it. Well, that's kind of been the ethos through like all of grappling history for most of the grappling arts, but jujitsu specifically and specifically now, I think you see a lot of like smaller guys taking on fights against bigger guys and not really caring about the weight discrepancy as much. I don't know if that's just the ability to pull guard or what you said earlier about having grips, uh, taking away people's athleticism so much, but it, it really is like opening things up. And I think taking away this, the stigma of always having to cut weight is probably just good for the sport overall. Yeah. I agree as well. I mean, it's it's something I've been doing since I was a kid and I'm just, I'm over it. Like I met a D1 wrestler. He just jumped in jiu-jitsu and he's about like 185. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, come in. He goes, don't ever ask me that question ever again. I'm surprised you get him on so, a scale. Most of you, most of you wrestlers won't even step anywhere near a scale. Yeah, Georgia, when's the last time you uh, cut weight? Yeah, Demetrius. Yeah, but you don't know this. Georgio was a D1 wrestler here at Missouri. Hey. There yeah, we go. He, for a little he, bit. Yeah. He knows exactly what's up. It's, and I feel like when you cut weight, you're stopping your natural progression of your body getting strong. Like I'm strong at 150, 150 pounds, like mm-hmm. waking up, I have my four eggs, my three chicken sausage. I have my yogurt and I have my cup of oatmeal with strawberries, blueberries. Like, and then I go to the gym, fucking kill it. Come home, protein shake, you know, six ounces of protein, a cup of rice, the half of avocado. And then that's all, those are like my meals every single day. And, I, and I'm still hungry. So my body, I'm just feeding my body the, the, the calories it needs to grow. And then, you know, do you feel happier at it. training because of that? Like, does it like, just like I, lift the mood of everything and make you want to work harder make the training easier in a way? I feel happier at training because my family is involved. Like when I train mixed martial arts, it's a selfish sport. What I mean is I have to leave my wife and my three kids, go to the gym. My MMA gym is about an hour and 15 minutes away. You know, I'm sparring, I'm punching and kicking, and I'm grappling. I'm trying to dissect the next opponent. When I'm training jujitsu, it's I go there with my son. You know, we're going tonight. He's going to do open mat. I'm going to sit there and coach, help the other kids, the next generation. I look outside the mat. My wife's there chasing my daughter. Maverick's on the mat. So it's more of a family sport. And I'm at the, the part of my career where... 37, I want to be there with my kids. And that's why I'm enjoying training again. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds like he's actually bulking up for that super fight at 260. I think so. Oh I think so. Let's so. go. I think we are. I think we're there. I think we're there in the interview, too. And I you know exactly what we're I talking about. I think we got to bring it up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. You know, the, the thing with Bradley, I mean, <laughs> I, I think Bradley's a great guy. I think what he's doing is genius. You know, I, oh, so I you I, think it's on purpose. You yes. don't think he actually thinks that it's he can bit. beat any of these yeah, people. It's a bit. I, guys, uh, I'm gonna keep it real. Okay, what? Let's talk right now. What is legit street fight? Are, 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 are we around like, tattling that? Yeah, eye gouging. Yeah, yeah, yeah eye gouging. Old school shit. When I think of old, like street fighting, I think of Kimbo Slice on YouTube yeah. and oh, Jorge Masvidal okay. on YouTube. That's what I think of. I don't like, even think of that. I think it's like no. rough and tumble, 1800s, West Virginia. Anything goes. You're talking about a switchblade. 
or like a little bootstrap. Oh, yeah, the outsiders kind of thing. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. I don't know. None of the weapons because now we're, we're talking about planning this street fight. <laughs> I so I think we want to discount weapons, right? I think you. So, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Now, now you guys are, now you're getting out of the realm of a street fight. Right. I, I, I learned war yeah, almost. Everybody's got their own version of the streets, my man. I'm sorry if yours <laughs> and, is different, you know? I'm at exactly. a bar. Well, I, Somebody I'm used a pool stick. The, yeah. I'm going to tell you what my street, I was literally talking to a gentleman today about street fight he went to the bar a guy pushed him and then when he got pushed they picked his ass back up and threw him back in there and he went toe-to-toe in a guy in the bar so for me when i hear a street fight i'm like okay is this person carrying a, a gun is this person carrying daggers is this person what is this is he coming to hit me from behind like sucker punching me right i have a buddy who got jumped by five guys five guys in the street you know what he carries every single day now do what's you know what he carries what's that I'll tell you, he carries. He carries two fucking daggers on his belt line. No, we, we went shit. out to have. We had sushi one day, and he, he, you know, he, he, uh, he sat down. And he ripped his thing. I was like, dude, why do you have two daggers on your belt line? He goes, I wish a motherfucker would fight me in the street now. And I was like, what happened? He goes, I got jumped by five dudes. And he goes, I will never be a victim. I will never be a victim of a street fight. So, or I have my father-in-law. He's sixty-seven. He carries a fucking pistol in his back pocket when he goes to the airport everywhere. Yeah. He goes, I'm not going to be a victim. So when you tell me about a street fight, that's what comes to my mind, right? Is it, It's a street fight. Oh. Anything's going to go, you get pop, pop, pop. Now, let's get in the realm of an actual, you know, hey, me and you're going to fight. We're going to start face to face. Are you ready? You're ready? Okay, let's engage in mutual combat. Mm -hmm. That's a totally different fucking conversation. Now, back to the Bradley Martin thing. Have you noticed every single person he asked and he beat in a street fight, they're always smaller than him. Most humans are smaller than him, to be honest. And he's a big man. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. He's in the, no, 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 let's, let's, he's in a realm of bodybuilders mm -hmm. that take steroids, that have a huge calories in their body. I'm sure in the gym he works at it, there's probably, I would say, a good handful of motherfuckers that are about 260, 265, or if not bigger than him. Can we all agree on that? Of yeah. course. Mm -hmm. yeah. tons, he's around tons of people all around. Yeah. Okay, so how come he hasn't asked somebody who's 265, 300 pounds that he could beat in a street fight? Because no one wants to watch that. We both know what that would look like. They're going to be gassed oh. within 30 seconds. <laughs> it's oh, the so, most un <laughs> it's like a magic thing so, ever. So what you guys are talking about is a bully picking up people who are smaller. Is, is that where we're, where we're on the right path No, here? we're saying that there's a, a very dumb, large man who I really want this to happen <laughs> to. And I just see like... <laughs> A few of his bones get broken, like, and we oh, eventually God. get to that point, like in a street fight. Yeah, I mean, Eddie Hall fought somebody in a boxing match, and it was awful. Yeah, he sure was. Thor. Yeah, him and Thor fought yeah. each other yeah. in a boxing match. They both like actually kind of got in shape and like tried to box. It was still, it was still terrible. It's still bad because yeah. you don't have the cardio for it. No. Yeah. Yeah. But these prize fights, these like crazy mix them up fights, are really what draws attention now. And I want to talk yep. about yours versus Raw Tang. How was that being in like? Being in a cage with probably one of the best Muay Thai fighters of all time. And there was like set rules, right? Like mm -hmm. round one and three, his, his turf, and then oh, yeah, two sorry, and four were MMA. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Before we jump on the rock yeah, thing, right. I'm going to close the Bradley Martin situation now <laughs> real quick. Yeah. When I see somebody going around asking, I could beat you in a street fight to David Haney, Adamir Sterling, Marab Delarouche, uh, every athlete in a mixed martial art, Gilbert Burns, that are smaller than him. Nate Diaz. And Nate Diaz. <laughs> I equated to me going to the gym, asking somebody, hey, dude, I bet you I could bench press more than you. The guy, the guy says, okay, let's do it. And then, he go, then I go, my response is, nah, dog, I'm doing back today. I, I got back. <laughs> maybe, maybe next week I'll do. That's catch me on chest I, day, you know? Yeah, catch me on chest day. And he's like, what day is that? I don't know. I got to look at my schedule. Let me get back to you. 
that's what I'm equating to the Bradley Martin situation. I think what he's doing is absolutely amazing. And I think, you know, with me seeing that, how he asked Aljo, Marab, and I talked to Aljo about it. And I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done entertaining it. I'm not even... Because guys to, don't want to be rude. Like, they're trying to, like, have fun with him. They're on the podcast. He's still, like, pretty friendly. So, like, nah, man. He like, was I, not I, very I really, friendly I to really... Marab. No. He was kind of a dick Yeah, to he, was like, he was like, you're, you're small. And Marab was like, yes, you're, you're bigger than me. But when it comes down to tax and ass and brass, like, he's going to gas out. He's going to get worked. And, and then it's just a matter of time. But like he said, it's a street fight. So it's not a jujitsu competition. It's a street fight. I don't know how they fucking roll over where Marab's from, but I'm pretty sure... It ain't going to be no fucking, hey, you ready to fight? No, it's going to be straight up somebody getting shot. But yeah. on to next news. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the thing, me fighting Rod Tank. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. I just did a YouTube breakdown. It's not out yet, so I'm not promoting my channel. But I just did a YouTube breakdown of me fighting Rod Tank. And it was dope, man. Like when one championship approached me about it, they said, hey, you want to do this for our big event, 1X, which is 10 years of celebrating one championship, the home of martial arts. I said, Absolutely. And then they were like, okay, first round's Muay Thai, second round MMA, third Muay Thai, fourth round MMA. And I said, let's get it. And yeah. You got it. I, isn't that wild rules, though, to operate under where you're not traditionally used to doing something like that? Was it hard remembering which round it was and being like, oh, shit, well, I can't do this or I can do this the next round? Like, how does that work mentally when you're in there? I think the training we prepared for that, like we would spar. Okay, first round's Muay Thai, second round MMA, vice versa. But I've had Muay Thai fights as an amateur before, so I'm kind of comfortable doing that. But, you know, I had a great corner. You know, James and Tony, they're like, hey, this round's MMA. This round's, you know, Muay Thai. And I'll never forget after <laughs> my boy James, he's so hood. I come back from the second round. He goes, you took his best fucking shot. You took his best shot. Now go rock that motherfucker down. And then right when, the, right when the round started, he goes, look at him. He's running now. And I was like, all right. So it, it was good, man. It, it was a good time. I feel like that fight kind of played out how most of the people assumed it would. But it was still so much fun to watch and see happen because, like, everyone wanted to see if, like, you could stand and bang with him. And you did. Like, you you competed against with him. And then at the beginning of the second round, he kind of uh, tried to, to run and get a couple shots in. But he knew he was going to get taken down and choked out. Yeah, I think I tell everybody. I think jujitsu is king, my personal opinion. I, I feel you can have no curriculum whatsoever on the feet. If I bum rush you and get my hands on you and I have some type of form of jujitsu knowledge, mm. it's going to be, there's a, a, uh, a handle called show your role. And it's always about people posting about their experiences. And one of my favorite ones is that this guy calls in and goes, Hey, I'm a, I'm a karate black belt. I just started doing jujitsu. And I felt that I was completely ready for self-defense. I am a black belt in karate. So I started to grapple this white belt. And let me tell you, I got destroyed. It felt like an anaconda molested me. And boom, you have someone who's just beginning jujitsu and somebody who has mastered karate as a black belt gets destroyed in jujitsu. Now, if it was a street fight, I'm sure the jiu-jitsu guy would just bum rush him, take him down to pass guard and submit him. But well, hey, we, that's just my I'm going to push he, back. Yeah. Though. I think Derek Lewis is the exception. He doesn't believe in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> he just stands up. He has proven jiu-jitsu does not work. You just stand you just up. just stand up. He, Craig Jones put out an instructional. Let's just stand up. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll break the difference because I was at the gym today and I just saw his last highlight that he just lost. He lost via... Uh, 
uh, arm triangle. So I would say jujitsu does work. It's just you got to be man enough and and nut up and weather that storm. And then eventually he's going to get tired and you take him down. And I'm, I'm a big fan of Derek Lewis. I love the man to death, Black Beast. Shout out to him. But unfortunately, sometimes jujitsu does work. Or, you know, if you, uh, you know, athletic enough, you just stand the fuck up. Yeah, I think that's the name of his documentary, Just Stand Up, by just the way. Just Stand Up. Yeah, that's what it, it's what it should be. Just Stand Up, the Derek Lewis oh. story. And I think that's going to be a hit on HBO Max. So uh, I know you've kind of already winter. answered this, but since we're like on jiu-jitsu real quick, gi versus no gi. Like I kind of have to admit that the gi ha- or the no gi has much more popularity now, more stars in it, the gi kind of I, waning away. But you've already said you're you're more of a fan of the gi. So if you want to elaborate. I don't know. I, I don't know why gi, no gi has more stars in it like i mean you look at and i think the reason why is because people aren't educated enough to watch gi versus no gi like for me if you look at like the infancy stage of brazilian jiu-jitsu it started in a gi right with horse racy the, the, the gracie family etc etc and along the lines of a judo the throws now you look at like the the business side of it you look at my son he does uh, gi my daughter my son, my buddy's kids do all gi. They don't do any no gi, right? They do it like maybe once a week, but they do mostly gi. You look at the Rotola brothers, they come from a background of gi. You look at Mikey Misimichi, comes from a background of the gi. You look at Tynan, you look at Jensen Go- uh, Gomez, you look at just the list of uh, Merle Gali. You know, now you see Gordon Ryan training in the gi. I just feel that the reason why it's not as popular is because people don't know what the fuck's going on and don't want to take the time to educate themselves. So for me, I'm always a big proponent. I enjoy watching gi way more than no gi. When I watch no gi, you might as well just slap the shit at each other and do, you know, slap jitsu or do... Speaking of which, how do you feel about combat jujitsu? Power slap. Being able to slap when they're on the ground, when you're standing. like I love it, but they might as well just punch. They might as well just do MMA. Like, I feel like it's too similar to mixed martial arts that you might as well just do MMA to where the gi, it's like you have a set of rules, you have points that are involved. So it puts more emphasis on you have to go. Like you, you know, I was, I'm still, I'm learning judo and in judo, you can't keep your arms straight. You keep your arms straight. You get, you're, you're stalling. You have to keep your arms bent to, to do your throws and all that stuff. So I feel that a lot of people just don't want to educate themselves on the system of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But when you have no gi, they're like, you know, it kind of similar to wrestling. But for me, I'm a, I'm a, a gi guy. Like if I have to choose to watch no gi versus gi, I'm choosing gi all the way. And it, I just feel there's way more things. There's worm guard, lasso guard, there's squid guard, there's spider guard, there's lasso guard. There's so much stuff you have to do. Then in no gi, it's like, I just got to, you know, I can spam just heel shoot. Hooks. I can spam heel hooks all day, and I hope I don't heel hook you. Then you're out of the, your competition for nine are you, months. Are you telling me you're not impressed by the technical malice of the smother choke of the mother's milk? That's super oh, popular dude. right now. Oh my it's god, Professor Young, <laughs> Young gets me in a, all the time. He goes mother's milk, and I was like, I go, mm, that Brazilian milk tastes so good. So my first experience of that was with Tim Kennedy. Uh, I hadn't trained oh, in like five or six years, and he sees me as we're producing this podcast. Mm-hmm. He's like, show up tomorrow at five in the morning, and then proceeds to just bury his giant man chest in my face after I come off the couch yeah. <laughs> over yeah. and over and over again. I, I hate mother's milk. It's it's something that I get caught in all the time. My professor, and you know, he has a, a baby on the way, so he's like, I, you know, I got my milk coming in. I'm like, that's for a chick. He goes, no, but I'm feeding you milk. 
Enjoy it. I hate that. I hate that submission. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it's it. Got me one of the worst. Tim Kennedy, by the way, is relentless. Like it doesn't matter who you are. We, he's an old school homie of of ours, and uh, it doesn't matter who comes in wherever. Oh. I mean, he will devastate your life. Mm-hmm. And then usually, what is it? Two, three week recovery process after. Well, that? with Tim, there's no play. There's no like, oh, we're gonna like flow roll a little bit. Oh, we're yeah, just I gonna, know. oh yeah, like oh, I trip, you counter here, there, and so it's like. Protect yourself at all times. It's, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah. It's just yep. like be ready that his man is coming towards you. <laughs> I, I was recently in Austin and I went to uh, Team No Wave and Kennedy was there. Me and Kennedy go way back to the UFC days. Mm-hmm. We fought in the same car. We had the same after party at Chateau together and love the guy. And when I went to Austin, we went to the gym to train together and we're shooting this shit. And he goes, Come on, Demetrius, let's train. I was like, Absolutely not. I am not, I am not about to get rolled up by this fucking polar bear right now. I was like, I'm good. I'm good. And yeah, I, I missed that day. I just went with Gary Tony the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like Big Dan, Gordon, Tim all just standing there like uh, no, no 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 I want none yeah, yeah. of the Marigali. <laughs> yeah, I yep. want none of that. Okay, yeah. so like you've been to Austin, you've kind of seen what's going on here in the grappling scene now. So, are you Team New Wave or Team B Team? Like, like what, what's what's your opinions on what's going on here? You know, I don't know the whole logistics of what's going on, so I can't really talk about it. But you know, I, I think they're fucking killers down there. I mean, that's all they do. Like when I was with John Dennerhan and he was telling me like how much they train, how much they grapple. It's like that's all those guys do. Literally, that's all they do, and that's why they're the best in the world. You know, I'd love to see Gordon get in the gi and see how well he can do in the gi at like IBJJF black belt black belt level. Do you think that's too but, risky? You know, who cares? My shit was risky. Who cares? You lose. It's like, hey, there's you a lot don't more talk as much trash online as, as Gordon Ryan does. I would. Yeah, and if he lost, like that, wouldn't that it, defeat the purpose? He loses and kinda, a lot yes, of his rap. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Just get in the how I feel. Yeah, it's high for me. I went like I went to the IBJJF with no expectation. Like I cannot wait. Yeah, can I go Nogi? Yeah, but then I have to risk. Actually, I heard Nogi masters. There's no heel hooks allowed. But for me, like I don't want to deal with the heel hooks. Like I've had knee injuries before. Mm-hmm. They suck. I don't want to have my ACL torn. So I'm like, I'm not doing. I'm not doing Nogi. I mean, I, the- I was. I was being straight up. I was like, I'm not. I'm not gonna have some fucking you know 18 year old try to heel hook me. And I now I'm in hospital getting surgery, and it's like great, all for a fucking heel hook, and, so, and to make a name for themselves. Like the 18 year old wants to say, "Hey, dude, I took out Mighty Mouse." Yeah, yeah, but hey, if I'm in a jiu-jitsu tournament, like when I joined the IBJF and I went out for brown belt, if I would have got submitted, I'm like, hey, I am pursuing to be to be in the embodiment of martial arts. Like I want to. If somebody looks at me, I'm like, damn, his stand up is good. He's stand up and bang with Rod Tank. He's knocked people out. Oh man, he's also submitted people in MMA and he's also won a world championship in a brown belt level in jiu-jitsu. Like he is legit, like he understands martial arts. That's my goal. So I think for people trying to protect their name, it, it, I just feel there's an opportunity for Gordon Ryan to show like, hey, yes, I'm the best in the world in no gi. Let me show you my gi game and show you guys what's up. Well, I think that's why you're kind of regarded as like one of the mixed martial art goats, if not the goat or the combat sports goat of all time. Like another person that's kind of brought up in that same name with you is, is Henry. And I want to kind of like pivot onto that a little bit, but like 
everyone I ever talked to, when they say they watch you compete, like by the eye test, you're one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. When people here talk about Henry. They talk about his accomplishments, winning world titles in two divisions, winning an Olympic title as well. You two used to be like the fiercest of competitors. And I think your relationship has changed a little bit now. I didn't know if you wanted to like speak upon that now. Like, well, what's it like being friends with Henry? Yeah, it's great. I think the biggest thing, you know, Henry is an amazing athlete, you know, winning gold medal and, and the Olympics and wrestling beat me flyweight champion defended the belt and then went up and won it at bantamweight and then defended it then retired then he came back and just fought aljo and lost so i mean me and henry's relationship is great you know two competitors who used to fight each other now we try to share tips and train together when i'm in arizona it's great man i mean i like the guy he's very he's very cool down to earth but i'll never do business with him i'll never do business <laughs> <laughs> Wow. wow. No, I but, like it. But, I like it. <laughs> he totally stepped or what I want to talk about there is like the creative minds of you two coming together. Like, have you like what can you spend on anything like that that's came from you two? Like moves, transitions, positions that like yeah. have came from you two being together with each other? Yeah, I think the biggest thing when I reached out to Henry, because me and the wife have a vacation home in Arizona, and I said, you know what, I'm gonna why not train with Henry in all my career? My whole entire career, I've never gone out and trained with different athletes. So I was like, I think this would be a perfect opportunity. I respect Henry's skill and I wanted to pick his mind. And when we started training together, you know, Henry is a tactical ta uh, tactician. You know, he, he's very tactical. What I mean by that is that he focuses on what's going to get the job done in a fight. As for me, I focus on being the best all-round version of myself. What do I mean? You know, Henry loves to fight and control distance. He loves to leg kick. He works on that every single day to the sun goes, comes up and comes down. So for me, I was like, hey, we're going to spend this day doing Muay Thai. We're going to spend this day doing Jiu-Jitsu. Hey, we're going to do this day wrestling. We're not going to do MMA. Take the gloves off. We're just going to grapple. We're just going to grapple. He goes, but I'm not going to grapple the whole time. And I was like, I know, but we are. So that's why I think the difference is between me and we're two different beasts where I'm just chaotic, where he's very, uh, uh, you know, a tactical goes, hey, I'm approaching the fight like this. I'm like, I'm gonna go fuck shit up and see what happens. Exploratory. Like you're filling in all the pieces of the map in the martial art world where he's like very refined on what he thinks is the best tactics for the fight. He, he sticks to the game yes, plan. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how do it's like he's playing Oregon Trail. He goes, I'm in I'm in Virginia. I need to get to Oregon. What's the quickest way for me? I was like, oh, shit, I need to get to Oregon. Oh, I'm going to go up to New York real quick. I'm going to go down to Florida. And then I might go to, you know, Michigan. I might just I'm like all over the place where he's like, this is the easiest, the easiest way to get it done. I'm going to get it done. You're doing side quests in an open sandbox yes. game. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Where he's like, I beat the main story. Let's let's go to the next game. Now, who decides that when you guys are training together? Is that you or him? It's a little bit of both, a little bit of both. Like, like, dude, let's just grapple. Like, let's just grapple. And he goes, okay. And then one day, he'll be like, hey, let's do, you know, I want to work distance. want to do leg kicks. And then we'll like just vibe out. Like, what do you think about this? And he goes, hey, I want to work on your, my clinch game. Your clinch game is really good. I need to steal some of that. And it's, it's a good, respectful uh, athlete relationship. And, and, and when, you, when you are together uh, like that, and you have, you know, two different egos uh, competing together, how is it? And like, is there who's going first? Like, are you kind of feeling each other out? How does that work? There's no ego. I, I don't have an ego. I go there and I'm just trying to learn. Like, we fight each other twice. I have no interest in trying to be better than him. I'm just trying to be the best version of myself. And is that real? Like, is that real? Like, is that a real story? Because I like I say yeah. that about other people too. And I'm like, no, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. No, that's that's a real story, dude. Like okay. I 
I'm fucking super chill, dude. Like I go there. He's a better wrestler than me. I'm a better grappler than him. My clinch game is way better than his. Um, I think my body kicks are better than his. I think he's, he does a good job about darting in and out uh, with his combinations of being very disciplined. Um, I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. And I think he understands that too. But we're just there to vibe out. Okay, and then when you look at, back at your career, um, I'm sure you have your favorite fights. You have your favorite fights. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm curious if they match up here uh, because you guys are such fans. What are your favorite fights of his? And then I'm curious as to what your favorite fight is because now that I've heard you speak, I'm sure it's probably totally different of something that you were running through in camp and that was your vision of, of how you hoped it would end versus what the fans think. So oh, I can tell you my favorite sequence of his. Go ahead, yeah. And I, want, I, want, I, wanted, to bring, I wanted to bring this up again as well. Is it the you, uh, flying armbar? It's not a flying armbar. It's a reverse lift. It's a reverse body lift, which is a very common wrestling move and a very common wrestling like drill that you do for conditioning. And it's the one that everyone hates and the one that everyone does. And you do like a nice little knee bump from a reverse lift. And in the middle of it, you catch the arm as he falls right into the armbar. And you say that like you train that and like. And that's what I was trying to get on a little bit earlier talking to Henry. It's like inventing these new pieces of grappling art. Like, like, like one, did you really like train that and figure that out one day and just like, oh, I'm going to add this into practice, you know, every once in a while, do, do a couple sets of it. And then how did it happen? So, yes, it was something that my coach, Matt Hume, did to me because we, we spar all the time and he threw me up like the wrestling thing you said. Um, it's also a suck back you know when somebody sits out you know they sit out to you know they try to do a switch they miss a switch they sit on their butt like this mm -hmm. you you grab the neck you pull them back and you pin them so it's a kind of variation of that and the suplex and the 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 lift when we did that he did it to me and arm barred me and i said dude what the hell is that and he goes well you're so good now i can't just arm bar you the normal way i have to think outside of the box and i said teach me this teach it so he taught it to me. We kept on drilling and drilling. And then going into the fight against Ray Borg, we just learned how to shift somebody's weight, force them to shift their weight to make themselves lighter to be able to throw them up. And you watch the sequence. He back elbows, he, he hits me with a back elbow. Once he did that, he moved his weight. I threw him up, cut the arm, and that's all she wrote. Wow. Because it's like a totally, not want to say safe move on his part, to back elbow that from that position. He's pushing you up towards the cage. Like, you know, you feel pretty comfortable there. You're pretty defensive, but you move that weight back a little bit. You step to the side, lift. He's super light. You pop your hips underneath, and then it's over. Uh, that that kind of brings me to the other realm of, like, standing grappling. So we talked a little bit about jiu-jitsu earlier, but I feel like the feet is often just ignored. Like, one player plays top, one player plays bottom. And there's this whole like creative world of, of submissions from your feet. And I just wonder if you want to expand upon that a little bit. Like if you feel like we can learn more there, there's there's a bunch of stuff to discover or. Yeah, yeah I think I think when it comes more in the gi, you have the judo. Um, and that's one of the things that I've been trying to work on my game in the gi is that you have more of a judo throw. It's a total element that you don't really get in no gi. I feel like you have more of a wrestling base in no gi. Like Uchi, I would say the Uchimata, though, is probably like the, the biggest, the most hottest thing in no gi jujitsu on your feet right now. I mean, with Maradali. Yeah, you have Uchimata. The, yeah. yeah, Uchimata, you have the arm drag, you have the foot sweeps, like Muay Thai foot sweeps. And, you know, then when you go to the gi, you have the whole, you know, the Soto Gadi, the sacrifice throw, uh, so many, so many throws on, in, in the gi from the judo. So I, I think as for submission wise, you're just going to have like the baseball choke, loop chokes, uh, standing guillotine, flying arm bar, you know, jumping scissor, heel hook, 
or knee bar. I mean, there's so many submissions you can do uh, in gi and no gi. Do you think you'll see more schools teaching those sequences though? Like all the way from the feet to the finish, like, like in the wrestling, like you gotta take him down, turn him, get him to his back, pin him. And that's what we're drilling today. We're not drilling each little piece of it. It's like, you got to complete this as one move. I think it's based on the school. Like for AMC, that's what we've done. You know, you do a double leg takedown, you pass guard immediately, go to side control, mount, punch the face. They put their hands up, you submit them. Um, so we've done that multiple times. And even um, at a grapple club, we do the same thing. We'll do the Soto Gotti. You throw them, pass guard, you know, depending on which way they move, you either go to Khmer or you go straight to the baseball choke or the paper cutter. I mean, there's just so much. And that's the thing about the Gi too. There's so much shit you can do. Like we just learned this one. My son loves it. You try to do a, a Khmer from North mm -hmm. South and then if they grab their, their Gi. If I grab my Gi like this, I can't, you know, Khmer you. So you take part of the gi and you wrap it around his wrist. Now that that wrist is stuck there. I can't move it. Even if I let go, now you go down and you grab this part of the gi and you choke them. So the arm's stuck. They can't defend. They can't defend. So for you not letting go and let me accumulate uh, you, I've locked your hand down in place, and now I get to choke you because you decided not to open your like you. There's traps you can set in the gi and no gi. There's it's just you can just fucking move around. Where Guy was like, okay, you're not going to give me this. I'm locking your hand down. Oh, I'm going to take your back. I'm doing this. I'm doing bro and bolo. Now I have your back and that arm is still fucking stuck. Just the complexity you can do in the Guy compared to no Guy. It's like, it's like child's play. That's how I view it as 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 an athlete. Well, as a video game fan, the gamification of that in a way, the chessification yes. of that in a way, just like yes. it's so explore. Like, yeah, it's so much. Yeah, fun. it's like the best way to put it. I'm done with this gi no gi shit. It's like you want to play Call of Duty. Call of Duty is no gi. You want to play uh, in the gi. Play Escape from Tarkov. <laughs> okay, my man. Like one's popular and for the and for the plebs, and one's for the hardcore gamers. For the hardcore, you want to play a hardcore game where it's like you make one fucking mistake, you're fucked. Play Escape from Tarkov. You look at my computer right now, I see Escape from Tarkov. Do I see Call of Duty anywhere? No. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> this kind of though just suits your life and everything you're describing because you you said earlier uh, that you were just getting into judo for the first time and kind of learning about all of that. How do you stay motivated at 37 years old to constantly keep challenging yourself and, and pressing forward into to different uh, martial arts and techniques and everything like that. Mm. Just the, the ability to want to learn and having great coaches around me in a great community. Like I love just learning and something and challenging myself. And I felt like when I started to pursue back into my gi and learning judo and wanting to learn how to throw somebody and manipulate them in the gi, it just, it, it was a breath of fresh air for me. Let's just say that. Opposed to a traditional arm spin, over under lateral headlock. Yeah, yeah, I've 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 done. I mean, yeah, and I can still do that in the gi. But for me, it's like you know how the hell I go wow in it, and then wow wow, and take their 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 momentum this way and throw them. And then when I throw them, it's like boom, there's two. Then do I pass guard or not? It's like I I don't want to just pull guard. I'm like, hey, if I see someone pull guard, I'm like, <laughs> I be in the tournament and people pull guard, and I'm like. Pussy. <laughs> that's so. I mean, that's how I feel. But as a wrestler, I feel like that's that's the stance. Nationwide. It's stance, but, but it's also a, a game where people they just pull guard and it's like great now i gotta focus on your guard it's just it's just the way my mind is like i'm like i just like hard complex things and right now judo and gi jiu-jitsu is kind of like a new passion for me 
where I'm just in love with it because there's just so much content, just so much. Well, speaking of content, you and Henry, career's kind of simultaneously going away. You're both working on your content game right now. You have a new podcast out. You're both doing a lot of fight reactions. They're both doing a lot of commentary on fighting and the grappling sports in general. So what's it like, like really growing and being a YouTuber? I know you were on Twitch before and then transitioned over, but like you've really done a YouTuber and like produced YouTube content. Especially in a year where MMA makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think for me, it's just building my brand. Like gaming is always going to be my number one passion. And then after that, you know, I spent 10 years on Twitch developing content. And then I didn't feel like my channel was really growing. It just, it just wasn't. So I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to give YouTube a chance. And it's been the best decision ever I made because now I just hired a producer, Michael Wanzover. We just hired a thumbnail maker. He, his name is Med. And I think the three of us, our synergies together, bouncing ideas off each other, it's just, it's just on fire right now. So I'm super grateful for those two gentlemen. And yeah, man, we're just pumping out content. Like literally before this, I was just working on content to pump out. Even your setup and everything you have going on. By the way, choke out that dog who's walking around. Totally kidding. Uh, I don't know oh, if that's dog. yours or that's a stray <laughs> dog, but you know. No, that's my that's my German Shepherd. If that's, he fucks uh, up your YouTube it. equipment, that's going to be costly, my man. You might want to give that dog an arm bar. Um, uh, she's she's good. She's well well trained. She knows better. <laughs> I got a cat in here too. I got a baby kitten running around here, so they're like playing with each other, and I'm like, oh Bella. I mean, Kit is the German Shepherd's name. She listens very well. Yeah, but but with everything you're talking about and discussed on the show today, like that, it melds so well with into the YouTube culture right now, where uh, like even the anime and all that stuff, like all these categories, these subcategories, are massive on YouTube, and uh, and you've got a great personality and you're able to talk through it. I think one of the biggest issues on this show, full disclosure, and I've said this in the past, <laughs> with athletes, holy shit, dude, doing an athlete interview, I mean, there's some when they're childhood heroes. And forgive me. I'm not going to say their names on the show. I've wanted to end my life physically, like live on on air, where I'm just like, "Holy shit, what happened? What happened to the the person that I knew on this?" Whereas you, you have all the tools, man. Like you're going to be a superstar. You know, obviously, you know the the fighting stuff is one thing, but like YouTube wise, you could be the dude that takes over and really bridges the gap between all these uh, subcategories here. That was always my biggest goal, jumping into YouTube and creating uh, content in the gaming space because I grew up in a household with a single mother, three kids. The only form of entertainment we had was video games. Super Nintendo, Mega Man X, Super Ghosts and Ghouls, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, you know, so forth and so forth. And once I started streaming, playing video games live to, you know, fans, you know, my coach was like, dude, you should think about monetizing this. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And then one thing just led to another and another. Then I became more creative and I thought about these ideas. And now, you know, and I feel with all the interviews I've done around the world and me just being transparent and straightforward and just real, I just think it's just me being me. Like, I'm not trying to put on a, a mask or anything like that. I'm just like, dude, hey, this is what I think. And so far, it's working out. Well, we're getting to the close to end of the interview here, and we're going to get to all of our YouTube questions now. I have a lightning round. There you <laughs> go. Let's the go. Quick, quick Let's questions go. ready to go. So first one, uh, Dylan oh, Dennis God. versus Logan Paul. Who wins that fight? Oh, my God. Well, does that oh, fight happen, dude. first of all? Are you tired of talking about the Paul brothers, too? Like, is, no, that, a, is that a thing where everybody's over it, where you're just like, hey, no. dude, I, I, no, they're not I'm real fighters. Ch- I'm done with this bullshit. No, I'm a huge fan of Logan Paul. Like, he is an absolute amazing wrestler. I've watched them. Uh, him and his match with Ricochet. 
absolutely stud. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited for him and I'm excited what he's bringing to the combat sports world because at the end of the day, he's bringing eyeballs that weren't there before. People are going to make him money. You know, you look at Jake Paul, he, you know, Tyron Willie make a bad, a bag. Uh, Nate Diaz made a bag. Everybody's making money. It's, everybody's good. Um, but does Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul happen? I have no, I, I have no idea. I hope it does, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm definitely going to tune into that night and, and I'm, I'm doing a breakdown of that as well. <laughs> Has Dylan Dennis gone too far? Well, talking about his wife, his fiance. Yeah, it's like 170 pictures. It's a lot, and apparently there's like I a super mean, secret one that he's not going to release uh, yet. That's one, coming down. He's got one bit. He's just firing it I, every day. It's getting old. Uh, uh, you know, I think in a day, you know, you can't run from your past, and I think him exposing Nina for what she's done in the past or whatever. You know, he's trying to sell the fight. Yep. Right. I mean, that's something that Logan Paul's gonna have to live live with. But you know, I mean, a couple I mean, of those I'm bodies not, aren't bad though. Like Leo. Come on, uh, I, I mean, I just, I just because when I did the, I, I did a breakdown of you know Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis, and it's like you guys are two grown ass men. Why is it like back and forth bickering like a woman? It's like, I, I, for me being a, I'm married, I have three children, I'm just a straight shooter. I'm like, dude, if I was to fight Logan Paul, I'm like, dude, you're bigger than me, and you might be on the juice. Like, let's do you saw the test. Might be, might be, yeah, like, like I mean, I'm, a, I, I'm, you know, I'm proven. Proving innocent to guilty. So I'm like, let's do let's Where's, do Where's Shale test? with the eye test when we need him? And okay. that's, and that's <laughs> yeah. what I said about Barry Bonds. You know, I said the same thing about Senator, Barry Bonds. Senator, okay. I just hit more yeah. home runs the older I got. I think when you're a pro wrestler, <laughs> yeah. you just assume. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the yeah. assumption. Uh, but I also so think you, part of it is he wants to secure the bag. And unless that, until that fight happens, you don't get paid until after it's over. So yeah, I, I think it's probably what he's trying to do. When's the last time yeah. Dylan Danis fought? I think it's like 1,300 days, something like that. It's fifteen hundred days. I, I went to the website. <laughs> I, I know. They, they sold me. They sold me. And I watched it. Like right when I was watching, I was like dildodennis.com. And I went and I was like, oh my god, it's a real this, website. This, How does that website not sell ads? It's amazing. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, and I think these guys are just geniuses on just promoting. So let's hope the fight happens. I'm excited to watch it, and that yeah, we'll see. Has the community lost interest in Jake Paul? No, I don't think so. I think Jake Paul. Uh, like I said, he's doing something that a lot of people wish they can do as, you know, make as much money, drive as much audience to his boxing fights. You know, when it comes to would he ever be a world champion in boxing, like the w, WBO, WBC, like a legit, I don't want to say legit, but one of the premier championship. I don't know if he can, but he's he's probably making more money than all the champions have before so i mean i'm a fan of it i'll keep watching it depending on who he fights but yeah i mean so we'll we, we for right now we still care yeah we, yeah, we I, care I, I tune in my kids tune in by the way because I, I got three oh, yeah, kids my, as well they love yeah, it my fucking my kids know more you know my kids about we the paul brothers and me that's about it other than that they know rotten they know mikey they know adriano um but for the most part they don't really know much about they know izzy out they know mm. the other big names but other than that, that's well, about speaking as far of as that, the Sean Strickland fight, Cannoneer or Izzy next? Probably DDP. Think? I think they do the winner of Hazmat versus or that uh, too. Yeah. Uh, who is he fighting? Uh, Paulo Paulo Costa. Costa. Yeah, I think they do that one. Um, do you think he'll be know, able to like run I that said, back quick enough? Chimaev's going to run through him, and then probably yeah. I don't. I don't want them to run it back. I want. Remember, I approach this as a full martial artist. I want to see Izzy go back. I mean, that's two losses in a championship fight in a year. 
um, to Alex Pereira, and then he just lost to Sean Strickland. So let's take time and, and get better in your craft as a martial artist. Or if you don't get, if you don't care about that, then fuck, I guess run it back. But for me, I'm like, man, let's work on your clinch game. Let's work on your wrestling. Let's work on some holes in your game. To, so next time, if you can't counter somebody, you're not going to back up and go lateral the whole time. Yeah, it looks like a striker needs to adopt some wrestling Even and though use that wrestling. Sean gave him a boxing lesson. That's what is, I'm saying. It had to be he the was, biggest surprise. We have the striker where we thought Izzy was going to dominate, and he didn't. And so now yep. he's going to have to go back and learn some new techniques, develop some grappling that might open up the striking. Very similar yes. to a man like Francis Ngannou did. I mean, we might still get Gone. Izzy DDP, but with no belt. That's good cool too. I yeah, mean, I like that. I mean, if, 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 and that's the thing. If they're looking to make the most bang for the buck, they can do the Sean Strickland uh, rematch, or you just do the DDP versus Izzy. I mean, either way, those are everybody's going to tune in to watch Izzy whether he's fighting for a belt or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, speaking of uh, Ngannou, uh, Ngannou versus Fury, who you got in that? And does that go um, off as planned in Saudi Arabia? It will go off as planned. I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, this is some of the things that people are saying. Oh, French and Ngannou dropped the bag, blah blah blah. But this man had one of the best opportunities to test free agency go around shop for bellator one pfl uh ufc and look like pfl came to the table with an amazing offer now he can also do both he can do uh mma and he can also box and he's getting 10 million to box and he can go back to do pfl i mean yeah and i that one i can confirm so my my former producing partner in my production company uh, is actually doing all the trailers and videos for that they just got back uh, from filming that. So yes, that is going down. Uh, they've put a lot of money behind it. And uh, well, yeah, the Saudi Arabian government. Saudis so. are, yeah, and the Saudis yeah. are, are hoping for more than four rounds, I can tell you that. So, so if you're betting at home, that's all I can say. Is if, they hope it goes four. If this thing happens, is it similar to Conor Mayweather where like we're excited? Or is Tyson taking this extremely seriously and not going to let oh. this man touch him? It's just going to box him up, going to hang on him, going to make him tired. He, and he's, he's going to hang on him. He's he's the best in the world at boxing. He you know he's fought. This is the thing people don't realize. He's fought a legit boxer with a knockout power with Deontay Wilder. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is nothing new to Tyson Fury. So are you saying this is a, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury hit you know comparably? Oh God, yeah, I'm, yeah. You, I, no, I don't. I, mean, I don't Tyson, know. Like, I don't know. Like, like people yeah. talk about Tyson, like he's the boogeyman. Well, Tyson because he moves and he moves like a lightweight. He moves. He boxes. He he has a good shoulder roll. He has a good rhythm. You know, typically you don't really see that. You know, you have Anthony Joshua. I would say he's probably the most athletic heavyweight alongside with Deontay Wilder and the Klitschko brothers. Andrew Ruiz but, has it. You know, <laughs> Andrew. Du- uh, yeah, Andrew <laughs> Ruiz. He looks good now. But you you. He look looks like at- a Dorito. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> he is shaped like a Dorito, like a Cool Ranch. You can't deny that. I'm I, like that. I got to give. He's got a hit like that, man. That's yeah, it. yeah. Uh, but when you look at Tyson, he he moves very good. So this is going to be a very hard mountain for Francis Ngannou to uh, climb because he's used to, you know, five rounds wrestling, kicking, all that stuff. Small gloves. Where he's going to have to penetrate Tyson Fury's defensive and his footwork. So it's going to be an exciting fight, and I'm happy for France to be able to secure that bag. And, you know, hopefully those guys have a healthy training camp and they make it to the fight. All right, I've got one last question for me, and then we can put you to you guys. Absolutely. It's a three-man round robin in submission mm. grappling. In a cage, mm. in a cage or not in a cage. Gordon Ryan, Gable Stevenson, John Jones. How's that bracket finish out? I think you see Gordon Ryan coming out on top. Uh, I think 
John Jones is an athletic specimen, but I don't think his his uh, curriculum in jiu-jitsu is going to be able to uphold very well against Gordon Ryan. Uh, and Gable Stevenson, he's a wrestling, you know, monster. Uh, I just, you know, he gets hooked like that and he's done. So I would go Gordon Ryan. Excellent question, by the way. So our, our publicist uh, was on the phone with your publicist before as we were about to come on air here. And they said they overheard Giorgio saying, we're not going to talk about any form of fighting at all. Let's talk about Japanese anime. I literally just got a text from them. He says, can you make sure they talk about one fight night 14, September 29th <laughs> on Prime Video at 8 p.m.? And I said, yes, I absolutely we were totally kidding, but maybe not if, if Giorgio was the, left to his own device. Is that the Rotane Super League fight? It's uh, Stamp Fairtex that's on that card. Yeah, uh, it's Stamp Fairtex versus uh, Hamsoy He. So the Rotane versus Super League fight is September 22nd on the One Championship Super app. That's free. That fight's going down, going down in Lupini Stadium. Then the following week, we have... Uh, I believe this is an all-female uh, main card. Ooh. Yes, I believe it is an all-female main card. You have Stan Fairtex, absolutely a monster in Muay Thai. She's made the transition to mixed martial arts. She also was a double champ, uh, two-sport champ, excuse me, in Muay Thai and also kickboxing. Now she's trying to become a world champion in mixed martial arts. These two women are fighting for the in interim atom weight MMA world champion. If I have to be a betting man, I'm going to go with Stan Fairtex. I think the only woman out there who can beat her over in one championship is uh, Angela Lee. Uh, you know, she's absolutely physical, more physical than the other women she fights. And she fought a national wrestling champion and she ended up armbarring her. So I don't think uh, anybody's going to be able to beat Stamp unless it's Angela Lee. And Stamp's electric. She's yeah. so yeah, fun. She's election. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She likes to dance. She, she loves to fight. She loves to get in a fist fight. I don't I don't see her losing anytime soon. So I think she will be, but you know, it's a sport of mixed martial arts. Anything can happen. Um, I haven't, you know, seen much of uh Ham's fights, but you know, it, it is a fight and anything can happen. It sure is. Uh speaking of which, since you are a massive video game fan and pop culture fan, have you ever looked at a video game move and tried to implement that in a ring where you're like, ah shit. I think this would be dope if I did this. Yeah, because uh, Max Holloway, I believe, in a recent interview said he learned he, or he would try some things because he was playing UFC 2. Correct. Yeah, that's a fight simulation game. The games I play are like Street Fighter 6. Yeah. I can't throw a Hadouken yet or a Flash Kick or a Sonic Boom. So have you tried hard enough? Yeah, so I'm saying, I, yeah. I've tried personally. I don't know if you yeah. want to admit that you've tried. And do you I've consider also... yourself the GOAT now if you haven't tried that? Like, what's wrong with you, dude? I mean, I have. I've, I've got a Sonic Boom. And I'm like. <laughs> the amount of Kamehameha's I've tried where nothing's happened, you know? <laughs> yeah, nothing's happened. Everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, don't worry about me. I'm just trying to Sonic Boom with the bag. It's Sonic Boom, dude. <laughs> so, but no, I think when it comes to those games, I think the best game that simulates fighting as its own entity would probably be Tekken. Like Tekken has the actual movement where you boom, boom, and you move the angles and you slip and you play uh, Steve Fox, which is a boxer. He does like, you know, bop, 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 hit, boom, body shot to the liver and up. So the games like UFC, they're great games, but it's a simulation of a fight to where Tekken is going to be the closest thing to actual like martial arts 
All right, sounds like you're not working hard enough. Whatever, man. I mean, that's on you. <laughs> I mean, some I of us, that. some of us are uh, enjoy their craft and we take it very seriously and try to elevate it to the next level. You don't seem like you want any part of that, and that's fine. That's something for you to live with and take home the rest of the day. Uh, now's the point in the show we get to the drinking bro of the week, which is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today. Who would you like to give the drinking bro of the week to? Shit, I'll probably say my wife. To be honest with you, I mean, she's not a bro, but she's my best friend. She's my lover. She, you know, birthed my children. And I think if it wasn't for her helping change my mindset of always trying to think positive and always be willing to try things that are new and grind and believe in myself, I don't think I would be where I'm at today. So the drinking bro of the week goes to my beautiful wife, Destiny Johnson. There you go. Love to hear it. Uh, how long you guys been married? think 11 years? Oh, boy. You can't give her drink of the week. I mean, you can't give her drink of the week. And then how many years have you so, been together so, and you space so it's, on it? It's a, a little bit different. So we've been married for 11 years. But prior to that, we so we've been together for 17 years. So, you know, we have the dating anniversary. And we also have the marriage anniversary. So I believe we've been together for 17 years. been married for 11 years. We got married uh, May, May 12, 2012, I believe. And then we got together uh, 2006, December 26. So get off me, dog. Come on now. Hey, dude. Yeah. Put I, him on the spot. I got to gotta ask in case your wife is watching, dude. She might watch this later and be like, hey, bro, did you not know? Because now you knew. Like, I tried to save the dog from you earlier. I saw her in the background. So, yeah. yeah. It's on camera. You can't go anywhere. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, we appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, not only are you one of the best of all time, but I think you've got a real massive future in YouTube and, uh, and the rest of your endeavors. And you're one of those rare athletes, I think, that is going to carry on uh, and have a, a gigantic leg legacy outside of the sport. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And ladies and gentlemen, before you go, just a reminder, One Championship has free fights on Amazon Prime. Now, the first one coming up, we have Super Lake versus Rotting, September 22nd. That's going to be on the One Championship app. Following that week, we have Stamp Fairtex and Ham trying to win the interim Atomweight champion in the world. And then following that, we have another, another event for One Championship. It's one fight night, 15, also free on Amazon Prime. I know everybody and their mom have has Amazon Prime out there because everybody loves that free shipping. And on that uh, one fight night, 15, we have Superbond taking on, I'm probably going to murder this guy's name. But, uh, <laughs> I do Taiwan it every Chi, show. Uh, Taiwan Chi. And then we also have uh, Tan Lee versus uh, Ilya. So ladies and gentlemen, make sure you tune into both these fights on Amazon Prime. Prime video. Look at you getting your YouTube and podcast game on. I'll go ahead and throw it out to our last sponsor, mybookie.com. Promo code Drinking Bros doubles that first deposit all the way up to $1,000. All the fights that Demetrius just mentioned are available to wager on now. We appreciate mm. you being on the show, friends. God damn, dude. What a fun, what a fun day. What a fun it was day. A great day. Look it at was you. A great day. I'm sorry for the tech <laughs> issues and the fangirls. Uh, thank you for joining us today. For Delco Dan, Papa Giorgio, Mighty Mouse, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone.